Yes, sir. I'm a ready football podcast. David Lawson, Stefan Hosen. Money a little late today, Stefan. That is my fault. You know, I forgot to mention last week that I was going away for the Easter weekend. You know, we left for the north coast of Jamaica Friday morning and just got back late last night. I needed to recharge my batteries though. So I'm not I'm not regretful about this. Living it up. I feel like our roles have switched. When you were in lockdown, I was able to go Shanghai, I was able to go Suzhou, um, and all of those things, go and eat my Joe's pizza. Whereas now, <laughs> for the last, I don't even know how long it's been, I've been locked down, quarantine zone kind of thing. So, uh, so like last week, after the first Champions League game, Chelsea versus Real Madrid, I want to do a podcast after the City game. Want to do a podcast versus Atletico Madrid. FA Cup game. Want to do a podcast. Yes, they want to do a podcast, and that's just life on lockdown. You do so much, but you feel like you do nothing. Yeah, sorry, man. Sorry, I had to abandon you, but no. I needed it. <laughs> no worries. Enjoy. Well, all right, Stefan. Um, you know, want to just talk to you a bunch of stuff that happened last week. So much happened last week. It was one of those oh, yeah. rare weeks where so much happened. Normally, we come in and be like, "What we're going to talk about? What we're going to talk about?" But so many things happened. So I wanted to like get all of our opinions on different stuff. Atletico Madrid versus Manchester City. Um, want to talk about, but not so much the tactics of the game. What people are saying around Europe. Want to talk about the FA Cup game between Liverpool and Manchester City, what that means going forward. Um, Bayern Munich not getting through to the next next round of the Champions League and a few other things. So I want yeah. to start with Atletico Madrid first, right? Atletico Madrid, and I was go- skimming through different articles, listening to different um, Spanish-speaking, English-speaking on different um, interviews in on English radio. And it was like, they had two main job issues because me personally, I had no idea why Atletico Madrid was so angry. I legit thought that they had gone mad. I legit yeah. thought that there was some, some, some form of gas exploded in their locker room and they just turned into like some kind of Hulk-like creatures. And it, it, it was just baffling to me how idiotic their response was to what happened versus Manchester City. And I mm-hmm. got to the bottom of it, the two core reasons of why they were so angry from their president down to their, their fans. The first one is okay. Axe, right? And Axe is they think that Manchester City is treated differently and that they perform the same acts that Atletico Madrid do in terms of time-wasting, rolling around, fouling, uh, sitting behind the ball, all that sort of things. They are the, the gold standard, platinum level of, the black card level of, playing football, whereas Atletico Madrid are seen as the bankrupt bankrupt of football, right? So mm-hmm. in terms of acts, I, I, I'm, I'm lost for words. I have no idea why anyone could, what anyone could suggest. So you go. What do you think about Atletico Madrid and a president coming out, coming out and talking about um, how well Atletico Madrid played, etc.? Uh I don't even think it just goes around to the media. The whole romanticization of Atletico Madrid and what they did in this tie is baffling to me. I saw their fans um, celebrating them, saying how they were so proud of the performance they put down. What is there to be proud of? Once again, they got dominated in their home ground. They didn't create any chances, despite the fact that they tried to play 
going forward a little bit more adventurously. Once again, it's just nonsense. It's, uh, it's always this nonsense at Atletico Madrid. Everyone, including their fans, which is acceptable, but the outside world forgives them for how they play. Nobody does the game of, sport, of gamesmanship and shithousery like Atletico Madrid. If you're comparing it to any other team, you're an idiot. Straightforward. Yeah, there was moments in the game in the second leg where, where Man City did time-wasting. There's moments where they stayed on the floor a little bit longer after getting fouled. Um, Foden lost his head a bit and he was giving some back, back, of, some, some back to the Atletico Madrid fan, players. Sorry, But no, there's no comparison. What Atletico Madrid do consistently, they are elite at. That's like me turning on um, an Aston Villa game and seeing them play beautiful football and saying, wow, they're just like Man City. No, it's not the same thing. They might have a one moment where they play beautiful football, but they're not the same thing. And yeah, other teams might have a one moment where they, they shit out as well as Atletico Madrid, but no, it's not the same thing. All right. I will slightly disagree with you on this. I thought in the second half, Atletico Madrid played as well as they did in the first half against Manchester United in the first leg. What I would say in terms of the acts, right? The, the reason why I wouldn't get hard, hard on um, Phil Foden, right? Not just because he's English and he's one of my favorite players. The reason, <laughs> okay. right? Yeah. Phil Foden mm-hmm. was pulling a Neymar was because in the first half, he had his back and soul nearly separated from him and had his mm-hmm. head opened, right? And yes. then he was kicked out against. There was three, there was two incidents, right? Two major incidents. And his only way to respond and fight back was to roll around. Secondly. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't wrong him at all. I'm not saying he did anything. No, no, no I'm not saying you're wrong you, but like, like the, the, yeah. the European media and even the Real Madrid press for some reason was chiming in. Um, we're like going off on it saying, oh, I thought it was only foreigners that do this. Honestly, I listen, I read a lot of um, English press, I follow up. I, 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 I believe that. I don't, I don't hear that narrative much anymore. That is mostly just the foreigners. Mm-hmm. I believe that most English players now follow what happens on the continent because they've been trained by continental managers. I thought that was assumed, <laughs> unknown, but whatever. And then the sec- the, what, I, what I don't understand is why they were so angry and why anyone would be angry. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Felipe, what's his name? Um, his name slips me at the moment. Got the, uh, got the red card, yeah, Felipe, yeah. Felipe, yeah, because I'm thinking of Savage, who should have gotten a red card right after. Oh, Felipe, sure. Felipe got a yellow card. Whether if, even if Phil Foden didn't roll around, that yellow card was coming because he kicked yeah. out, right? And that goes back to the David Beckham point in 1998, where David Beckham shouldn't have been sent off. It should have been a yellow card, but instead that stupid ref gave him a red card. But that's another story for another day. Um, so, yes, yeah, so there was that. The savage coming in doing all sorts of madness, headbutting Raheem Sterling and gets nothing. I don't think he committed yeah. to call for a foul. And it was a situation in which, this, to my second point, that Atletico Madrid feel this way because of some comment Guardiola made during the semifinals of Bayern Munich versus Atletico <laughs> Madrid five years ago, where when they asked them about Atletico Madrid as a team, and he says that they are very good athletes. And some reason, Atletico Madrid fans have taken that as a disrespect. I don't <laughs> understand what they've been watching. Atletico Madrid play a style of football where they have to be athletic. They have to stay behind the ball. They have to, have to be super fit, 
right? They are a team of athletes. That's just a fact. And I, I don't understand. Football, as I said to you before the podcast, is one of the only sports that I've ever heard where being called an athlete is supposed to be some form of demean. demean. I, I, I don't understand it. People take it as some form of demean. Oh, you're, you, yeah, you're not a passing team. You're an athletic team, right? That's just how it is. I can say the mm-hmm. same thing about, about France. France isn't France is a technically skilled team, but they're not a ball possession team and they're filled with athletes. That's not a disrespect to them. That is actually a praise. If you may not be as skillful as I am, but you're faster than I am, and I turn to you and say, Stefan, you're not that good at football. You're just fast. You can turn to me and say, Yes, that's why I'm better, because I can use my attributes to outplay you. That is what mm-hmm. it is. They have the attributes, they don't do it. And last, mm-hmm. and that's what I want to get you. Like, I just didn't, I didn't understand it. Um, I don't understand why people are proud of them. And I, I, I did pick that Manchester City was going to going to win. So now your turn in terms of the athlete comment by Guardiola. And where does Atletico Madrid you think go from here? I mean. I, I can't speak to other sports. You know, I don't really dabble in other sports. I don't necessarily know or have a, an opinion of if being seen as athletic in other sports is a thing or a, an insult or not. But yeah, No, it's not an insult. For, it's not an insult. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I mean, as much as I say, I don't know anything about sports. I'm pretty sure I've seen in basketball where some players are referred to as more athletic. It's been seen as a slight, but probably not to the effect that clearly in football, when you're described as athletic, it is an insult. For most people, I don't. I don't necessarily agree with um, the idea behind it, but I can see some people saying it as an insult. And I think that's where that grows out of. But yeah, Atletico Madrid, they they are an, an athletic team. Sure, there's um te- there's some technical requirements for their system. There's tactical requirements for their system, but the bulk of their football is based around the fact that they cover ground very well. They go up and down the field. They break very fast when they need to. And yeah, th- those are all athletic prowess. When you don't have the ball, here's the fact. If you have 30% of the ball for the majority of the game, that means you're running. You are moving consistently. You're covering space. You're trying to, you're covering um, passing lanes. You're, you're defending. So that actually takes a lot out of you. Everybody who's played football has, uh, has always heard their coach say, if you have the ball, make them work. The Atletico Madrid, by design, do not want the ball, means that they're going out there to work. So yeah, I don't see I don't see why it's seen as an insult, especially when Atletico Madrid have been doing it for years. It's only seemed to become a big thing, yeah, big thing worldwide, recently. But yeah, no, Atletico Madrid are, are what they are. Where do they go from now? Here's the thing with Simeone and Atletico Madrid. I think he has realized that there has been a need to um, evolve the system somewhat and for the most part this is the most attacking Atletico Madrid have ever been this season there definitely has been some evolution in their system you wouldn't have seen it in the Man City ties because that's they're, they're just going to revert to their norm against Man City because Man City are Man City but over the course of the season we have seen them try to be a bit more adventurous and the result of that is they've fallen out of the title race because it's not something that they're they're fairly good with um, Oblak, their shot-stopping goalkeeper, the, the, probably the best in the world at that, has actually had a poor season because he, for the ma- majority of the season, he has been playing behind a higher line, which means more space is exposed, more covering for the goalkeeper. So he's, he's been struggling to adapt to that. Where do they go from now? Um, I think they'll continue. That's the, 
where is it lead them? I don't know. I don't think Simeone will be leaving anytime soon. But I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him try and um, build the system, evolve it a little bit more, and we'll see where they are next year. But do I expect them to see any great change in how they play? No. But we'll see. Yeah, well, anyway, enough of Atletico Madrid. Moving on to Real Madrid versus Chelsea, but mostly just on Real Madrid side. There's been some criticism of Carlo Ancelotti, um, and that's the first mm-hmm. thing that I don't get. If Carlo Ancelotti don't win the UEFA Champions League, he's likely going to be fired based on Real Madrid history, based on fan reaction, um, based on stupidity. And mm. when, when you look at some of the comments coming out of it, people are blaming Carlo Ancelotti for Real Madrid being reactive. Real Madrid, it's really just a miracle. Real Madrid not being better than the opposition in the last two ties against PSG and Chelsea. Yeah. And my response to that is, where have you been the last seven years? This has been Real Madrid. Yeah, Real Madrid, Real Madrid have always been reactive. <laughs> what's, what's, what's new here? I think the problem with Ancelotti... There, I think there's two major problems with Ancelotti right now. Uh, yeah, sure, he's reactive. And I think Madrid over the... They, they have tried to move away from that. Um, they hired uh, uh, Laptikoy, this who's now at Sevilla, and they sacked him because they realized right away that it's not going to work with the team that they have. But why are you blaming Ancelotti for that? He, Ancelotti's comeback, it's the same players. They're older. They're set in their ways. Do you expect them to really change and become this... this um? attacking juggernaut that's going to dominate games from start to finish. No, that's, a, that's, a, that's an impossible task to ask for them. So, yeah, I, I do expect it to be a short um, reunion for him, especially when you realize that, or when you remember that he was not their first choice. Their first choice was Allegri. Allegri actually accepted the job. He was set to be the Real Madrid, the Real Madrid manager, and then Juventus came and he, he backed out last minute, and that's how Ancelotti got the job. But then when you think about the fact that Allegri was the first choice, once again, why are you surprised that Madrid are reactive? That would have been a reactive manager. So I, I just don't understand the thinking in Real Madrid. But, but it seems to work I don't. People. I don't even think they're that reactive, though, um, Stefan. Because I, I think they're because in ahead, Liga, for example, they're second behind Barcelona in possession. What I do agree that they're reactive in the Champions League, but they're reactive in the Champions League, and the tactics are reactive because the opposition, I believe. Um, you could argue is either as good or better than them from top to bottom talent wise. And they have to add, and they have an older midfield. So they have to at times manage the game in a way that can protect their older midfield in, in terms of Ancelotti getting the job. And I was happy he got the job because I'm a huge fan of his Um, is good because he doesn't have the best CV in terms of winning leagues and he's going to win the league this year. So that is something that is good. So when it's all said and done, because I have him as one of the greatest managers of the last 30 years or so. So he's going to win. Um, and you look at that Chelsea game, the first leg, I didn't think he was um, reactive. That's where I was disagreeing with some Real Madrid fans. I didn't think he was reactive. I thought his tactics were correct in the first leg. They came out and they were up 2-0. They, they were dominant in that first half. Tuchel finally made some, some changes. He was a reactive one because his tactics were poor um, playing mm-hmm. that playing that system which allowed Vinicius Jr. to just have complete run of Stamford Bridge in the first half. And then after that, yeah, Chelsea were better. Chelsea, back to the same word, more athletic, more talent in depth, more youthful, and created more chances there. The movement of play was there. And yes, it comes down to the simple fact. 
And to be fair, one Real Madrid commentator, his name I forgot, actually did write and did come on Talksworth and said, this is Real Madrid. This is what they have been when they were under Zidane as well. Like miracles mm-hmm. take place. They they see out they see out the tough periods and they take their opportunities when it when it's when it's there. And that's what happens in this tie. They were down 3-0. Uh you you I know you said the hands should have been a hands. Um, I don't know. When I first saw it, I thought it was a hands, and then the referee analyst consultant who was on my TV said it wasn't a hands. So then I got all confused because I'm yeah. like Wait, what? No, I was like totally confused. So, hey, I guess it could have gone either way. Based no, on, they really that. couldn't. They really oh. couldn't. <laughs> I don't really know. As I said, that. I was with you. I'm with you on that. You know, but yeah. you have this referee who's who's there, who's paid to analyze the referee decisions, and he's yeah. come and he gave like a long some summarization about why it wasn't hands, and I was like, all right, I guess that makes sense, right? No. And then <laughs> and I was like, all right. And then, but back I mean, to the original point, they're, off, yeah. they're down 3 0. Modric pulls a great pass after a uh, best midfielder in the world loses the ball. Um, Conte, yeah. <laughs> um, cough, cough, <laughs> world 11, yeah. and pulls something. That's what they do. And um, I felt like Chelsea tired at the end of that. And um, Thiago then loses the ball in the, in the um, extra time. And that's, that's history. Yeah, but the thing with Real Madrid and, and reaction. Um, yeah, it's not it's not constant. They're not Atletico Madrid. That's not how they're set up. But the thing with Real Madrid is it's not just necessarily the bigger t- yeah, in the bigger in the bigger games in the Champions League, they do it as well. But there's games in La Liga where they start very slow and they wait out the opposition. Just this weekend gone by, Sevilla were 2 0 up on them in, in no time. And that was a tactical plan by Atletico to sit deep. And when Real Madrid decide to turn it on, they go and they score. They score three goals, they win the game. Celta Vigo a couple of weeks ago is the same situation. Celta Vigo completely dominated them because Real Madrid sat back. Went, they went ahead, Real Madrid got the win. So it's it's not just the big teams where it happens. It doesn't happen week in, week out in La Liga, but it's something that happens enough for the Real Madrid fans to be like, we're tired of this. Maybe it's the fact that it's happening for, for seven years now. Maybe it's the fact when they did try to change it, they gave up on it very quickly. Uh, Real Madrid has this has this weird sensation throughout my entire life of watching them. There's periods where they're winning titles, they get bored of the football, um, they change it after winning a league. I remember Del Bosque didn't have the most interesting football. Capello, they win. The fans are like, ah, we won, but we're bored of it. Let's, let's try something new. And I think that's just once again what's happening again. Atlas is going to win, but they don't necessarily like how they win. They'll probably hire somebody different. Maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. Then they'll go back to being more conservative again and win. That's just the cycle that Real Madrid go through. And they also had some injuries in the back line. We must give them yeah. we must give them that. that. That was something that that must be mentioned. They did have some key injuries in the back line. And that 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 is something Nacho came Nacho came in. <laughs> Nacho <laughs> Nacho came in. The fullbacks weren't as good. I, I tell you Mendy was was pretty bad. Um, another one of the I'm gonna say it again. If you're French and you have a you have a name that they like, they have a lot of them names that we can't pronounce, right? Even though Mendy is a simple name, but because it is it's an exotic name, you can play as bad <laughs> as you want, it don't matter. But if once your name is Luke, once your name is Ben, you play bad a few <laughs> games. Oh my goodness, might as well, might as well, everything about you is wrong and you're overrated. 
But uh, lastly, though, yeah, Real Madrid, the thing with Capello, though, people always go back to Capello. Capello was basically supposed to be fired in January. They couldn't find a replacement. They were way behind in the league. Um, they just got knocked out in the UEFA Champions League. So it was they had also basically made plans to hire his successor. Then they went on a run and won the league and they'd already fired him. So it was that. <laughs> and they didn't and Real Madrid didn't want to have an Italian manager because of the rivalry between um, Italy and and Spain. Spain. So there was that. I know he got fired before that as well, years before that. But yeah, um, with Ancelotti, I guess he's definitely a stopgap manager. He has a CV, he has the experience, figured he could get this bunch, maybe squeeze the last bit out of them. They're going to play Manchester City next, right? They're yeah. going to play Manchester City next. And we know how that game is going to go, right? Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. going to the Manchester City side of this conversation. Manchester City looks tired. Um, and I guess this is the best game for them to be tired because Real Madrid is an older team and they mm-hmm. likely will play Madrid, Casemiro and Cruz. But yep. so I'm guessing, so I guess that kind of helps them. But this is not the team to be missing chances against. Manchester no, City against Atletico Madrid scored one goal in two legs. Oh. Um that ain't going to cut it against Real Madrid. Real Madrid will score more than one goal against this team and this defense. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I think it's a good draw for Man City. Though I, I said it before the Atletico Madrid tie, um, Atletico versus Man City. My view was Atletico have no reason to not win this. I said if it was the other half of Real Madrid, I would say Man City have no reason to not win this. So I'm going to go with that for right now. Maybe when they get close to the game, I'll reanalyze based on squads and who's available, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, no, it's going to be an interesting tie. Oh, and I, I, I know I, I always do. disrespect him myself, but Mason Mount played really well against Real Madrid. And um, I have to yeah. give him credit for that. First leg, he was poor. Second leg, he was good. I got to give him props. So did Vernon. So did I, I didn't. I thought Ruben Loftus cheek played well as um, coming in in that auxiliary right wing role. Um, yeah, but just to go back to it, the, the setup on the screen was 3-5-2. I thought it was more of a um I thought it was a weird 4-4-2-3-4-5-2 that, <laughs> that Chelsea was playing. Because I said to you that I thought Reese James was a right back. And you were saying no, he played wing back. But so then who was the third center back then? If he was I didn't say no, 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 I didn't I'm say saying people. in general. So if he was the wing back, so I thought he was there. And I, I, I want to give Rupert Loftus cheek some credit. He also scored over the weekend in the FA Cup, came on for Kovacic, who's just a fantastic footballer, and got a goal. Yeah. Um, so that you know, shout out to him, shout out to Mason Mount as well, who played well. Still not a huge oh. fan of Mason Mount, but he played well. But yeah, back to Manchester City. Manchester City, um, over the weekend. Well, the good the good news for you, um, Stefan, is that you're away. So if you wanted a pizza, you probably wouldn't get it because the pizza men were <laughs> out watching Manchester, watching their leader in goal, Stefan. He is a he is a pizza man leader. He he delivers all the pizzas. He is a total scrub. <laughs> Rubbish. He's he might be the worst goalkeeper I've seen since Pickford. Since Pickford, that's interesting. I mean, I, I definitely don't think he's the worst goalkeeper you've seen for sure. Obviously not. I'm I'm being hyperbolic there, but that yeah. performance in the first half should have been investigated. Should be investigated. Just because of the goal? Oh, 
I just thought everything that he was doing. <laughs> everything everything was, he was doing funny things out there. His positioning was all over. He was coming off of his line way too late, way too early. He was jumping yeah. up and down. Then he had making mistakes. The goals that he was diving late. Yeah, there was there should have been some investigations in his performance. Yeah. I, I, I don't think we have to go that far. I just think he had a bad game. He hasn't played in a while, and that's what happens when you throw people. Sometimes he just, he just can't walk right into it. He had a bad game. Um, I don't think there's anything out of the ordinary for his performance. Yeah, it wasn't a good performance. Maybe the argument should be there that Pep shouldn't start him or in a semifinal. I don't necessarily agree with that. He got thrown in there. He had a bad game. I, it, it's no different to me than when I see a, a, a midfielder out of nowhere get a game under terrible. I don't think he was anything out of the ordinary. I think you're being crazy here. Man, man, I, uh, I was... I think, you're bi- I think your bias and dislike for goalkeepers is showing here, actually. That's what I should say. <laughs> uh, does that... yeah, yeah. I, I saw people... I, I, I did see a lot of arguments in regards to like the Mane goal, and they're like, why is Zach Stefan doing those things? Like, he shouldn't do it, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, but that's his style. That's how he plays. Yeah. If it was Edison, you would say, okay, that happens. If it was anybody else, it happens. But no, because he's an American goalkeeper. You're going to say, oh, he shouldn't play that way. He shouldn't try and copy Edison. He's not copying Edison. He's always played that way. Yeah, whatever. That's, what, that's, what, that's, one, of the, that's one of the reasons City signed him, because he can play that way. I don't know what he, he can play. He needs to go play those VR, te- use VR technology and improve. Yeah, he definitely needs to. He manages a scrub. I know, I know, I know there's, no real, um, there's no real analysis here for it, but if we're going to be, since we're bringing him up, Zach Stefan definitely needs to not be at Man City next year because he needs to be playing football, especially since he should be starting at the World Cup for the USA. So, yeah, he can't, he can't afford to sit on he the bench. He can go to the Derby. He can go to Derby. Honestly, I think if you give him some games, he starts for a decent amount of Premier League teams. There yeah. are worse goalkeepers. There's, there's worse goalkeepers starting in the Premier League. The women's Premier League. No, no. There's worse goalkeepers in the league starting consistently than Zach Stefan. Yes. Um. In terms of the Manchester City, though, looking tired, right? Liverpool did outplay them for much of that game, especially that first half. Had more of the ball, more shots, which was just astounding. And it looked extremely ordinary without Kevin De Bruyne. And uh, I thought it was just one of those situations in which Manchester City. Look, look stale, look outdated, and I'm not sure what's going to happen going forward. Alcantara and Kato are really, really good. Mane is finding form. And as it relates to that Mane versus Sterling argument back and forth that people have, especially me, got to say Mane, Mane is better than Sterling. I don't think, I don't think we can have, I don't think that can be disputed, you know. You know, I don't think that can be disputed at the moment. And yeah, I, think I, right think, I think that Thiago Alcantara makes up the difference. He is so good in football, football. and Manchester yeah, City sure. is picking the wrong time to to um to need a breather. You know, and you know, honestly, it's not even surprising that Man City are looking this tired. I remember earlier in the season, I think it was about the January time, and it was going into the transfer window. I saw someone post up. Um, Liverpool and Man City squad and someone was essentially people were saying oh Man City are seen as this team with incredible depth of so much quality on the bench their their squad is stuck and, and it was pointed out Man City have been using 17 outfield players this season their squad is actually very small compared to most teams in the EPL 
yeah, their their team is quality. They have quality players, but it is actually quite thin. Um, there's obviously a drop off when the likes of Fernandinho comes in for Rodri. Um, he anyway, talk about another one that looks done. Him look done. Like that laundry yeah. been washed. <laughs> Need to be hung yeah. to dry. Yeah. So the injuries, the overplay, like. Diaz is down. Well, Diaz was down for a while, so you know everyone's the defense was stretched to its limits. Yeah, Man City. It's no, it's no surprise they're tired because they've been essentially going for four competitions with seventeen outfield players. That makes it makes no sense that they're still they're still doing this well. And Guardiola only made one sub for a team that was tired. Um, I do think the good thing with them is going forward. Jack Grealish hasn't played much. Scored over the weekend. Should have had a um assist, but my man Jesus decided to miss another one of his many chances. Uh, they do, I do think Mares Mares coming in and out. Um, you look at Gundogan. Uh, but also another thing though, I, I think I feel what has happened to Manchester City is Bernardo Silva. For the first mm-hmm. half of the season, it was. Who is the best player in the Premier League? And we're going to talk about that next next week when we when we talk about um, best players um, in the Premier League, who should win best player, and etc. But Bernardo Silva's form has kind of gone down, whereas Kevin De Bruyne has gone up. So going forward, if Manchester City want to hold on and win the Premier League or even win the Champions League, they need to have that same Bernardo Silva the first half of the season. Yeah, but would they trade that Bernardo Silva for the Kevin De Bruyne of the first half of the season? Because I keep pointing it out and no one seems to believe me. These guys cannot play well together for long stretches of time. But Kevin Bruyne didn't start over the over the weekend. He came on. Um, that's not the point, though. It's currently the second half of the season has been De Bruyne. De Bruyne has been better than Kevin than Bernardo Silva. And I keep pointing it out. That's always the case. I've never seen both of them at the top of their games together for long stretches of time. It's always one or the other. And then whichever one it is, the team kind of forms around them. And then they just work with that until it stops working and then they move to the other one. So, yeah, just want to point it out again. You just said it a while ago. So, yeah. They're going to have to hope both of them play well or at least get Gundogan in there and play, perform like he performed last season. Foden against Liverpool was, was abysmal. Really, yeah. really bad. It was one of his worst performances. So going forward for Manchester City, I, I, I think is less tactical and more function, functional functionality of different players, like what they can get from them. And this is why they paid 100 million for Grealish. Grealish has to be there at the business end of the season. And we're running out of time, Stefan, because, you know, as usual, we talk so, so, so much. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Liverpool plays Manchester United tonight. I think Manchester United is going to get some points off of them. Am I crazy? Um, match at Anfield, the way Man- United have been playing over the last couple. Yeah, I think you're crazy. Yeah, I don't, I don't see how it's possible. Uh, Liverpool look so good right now. They're coming to their to their um, peak of the season. Uh, if my, if they get points off of Liverpool today, that would be quite an achievement. But you know, I should mention this: when they did play the week previous week, Manchester City for most of that game, played better than Liverpool. And I was taking the other side of it. If you look at Manchester City versus Liverpool over the last few years, right? We're talking about since Liverpool beat them in the UEFA Champions League, they've played a few times. Not talking about community shields, right? 
the two games that the following season, Manchester City were better than Liverpool in both games. They won and drew. The game that they drew, Myers missed a penalty. The year after, Liverpool beat them in the and Liverpool won one, right? Then they played last year. Both games, Manchester City were better than Liverpool. The games this year so far, in the two games, with the exception, even though the, the second half that Liverpool played against Manchester City was two all. I didn't think that they were better than Manchester City. I thought it was even. But for most halves that they have played, Manchester City has been better than Liverpool. And they were better than them in the second half of the FA Cup. Granted, you could say because Liverpool's up 3-0, so it's a different mindset, etc. And so it's like that. So it was just maybe Liverpool were just due to just have just a dominant half against them. Because the previous week, Manchester City, for 70% of that game, was way better than Liverpool. And they're coming off of, we're talking back to the same word, athletic, their athletic game against um, Atletico Madrid two twice in two weeks, plus a Liverpool game, then this game. So it was more of it just being wrong, wrong place, wrong time for Manchester City. And over the next few or so weeks, playing against um, lesser, lesser opposition, teams that won't be as good as them, they should be able to regain back their form and carry it out. Sure, that's all good for Man City, but what does it have to do with Manchester United and Liverpool? What does it have to do with Manchester United? I was just, I'm just hoping, man. Just hoping. Just hoping. It's just hoping. It's all great to say that Man City have been better against Liverpool for for umpteen amount of games. United have been trashed against Liverpool from umpteen amount of games. And that means, trash. but that goes back to the point. They're due. They're due a good half. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, Stefan. That's how it all correlates. Manchester City, <laughs> Liverpool were due because they are such a quantity. Manchester United are due. I feel like you just went on the longest um, side journey just to come around and say, you know what? I, I hope they don't get smashed, but they likely will get smashed. They're due, they're due man. They're due, but we shall see. I'm going right. to stay up and watch that game because I ain't got nothing else to do in the morning. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lastly, though, Villarreal knocking out Bayern Munich. I was upset at that because I really want to see Liverpool versus Bayern Munich. I like to see the best play the best. I really have no interest in Villarreal versus Liverpool. I don't think Villarreal is very good. They're seventh place. People talk about, yeah, but, you know, they do this. It's no different. They sit deep. They hold. They took in the last three games that they've played in the Champions League. They've taken five shots, scored five goals. Well, five yeah. shots on target and, and they've had five goals. Uh, I don't expect that to continue against Liverpool, and Liverpool is going to beat the living hell out of them. But you know when you have a you have dust on a mat and you're beating it with a broom, yeah, that's what that's what Liverpool is going to do to, yeah, to it, it always, beat them boys it, bad. I feel like it always happens every year. We get, we get these teams that um they play the certain style of reactive, defensive, whatever kind of football you want to call it, and they progress in the Champions League. Uh, last year was Chelsea; they they won it. Um, Villarreal, they got their their little shine this year. Um, yeah, surprising result because I remember on the podcast last time out, I, I said I expect Bayern Munich to destroy them and and move on to the to the fi- semifinals. Didn't happen. Um, credit to Villarreal, they stuck to their guns. They, they put in the type of performance that only they or Atletico Madrid could put in. I mean, there was no shit that was written. They, they just defended very deep, very compact. Um, their defender Pauter was, was able to keep Lewandowski quiet for the majority of the tie, and, and they got their their just rewards, I suppose. And they're yeah, called called tactical brilliance. It's called tactical brilliance, and the funny thing about it, once again, the coach is Emery, 
And, you know, once he got to the European semi-final, after winning a Europa last year, all of the Arsenal fans jumping up. Oh, my God, we should have kept him. Our scenes is falling apart. We're not going to get top four. Emery's in a European semi-final. And I'd just like to point out, Villarreal, as you pointed out, they have the fourth highest wage bill in La Liga. The second year running Villarreal started decent, fell off in the league. They're not going to come anywhere near top four again. Yes, Emery got lucky and got them to a European semi-final. Yes, he won them a European semi-final last year. Remember, for Arsenal, he got them to a European semi-final too. This is just what he does. He does poorly in the league and does well in knockout competitions. Man United should have beat them last year. But the Man United should have beat them last year, just like Chelsea should have and did beat Arsenal when he was there with them. It's just, you know, sometimes it works out for you. If Arsenal friends are telling me right now that they would rather have Emery back at Arsenal than Arteta, I, I just don't believe you. Yeah, that was going. To, I was that was a question I was going to answer. Ask you, and you answered it well as usual. All right, Stefan, <laughs> we, we've been um, we've been chatting for way too long. Um, we'll catch up either the end of this week or the start of next week. Peace, right, man.